You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, Sid Talk. Welcome. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Are we sounding different yet? Yeah. The before the after the show discussion has been a very long but productive, technical. technical adventure in us now using two microphones like we're professionals. So yeah. that's the uh, that's what's been going on for the last hour and a half. The actual um, reasoning behind that is uh, I got an email out of the blue this week from, well, last week, from the company Blue Microphones. They asked me, did I want to try one of their microphones because they've heard our podcast and... Uh, I don't think they were telling us that our microphone was shitty. I hope not, because it's expensive. <laughs> but they wanted us to try one of their microphones. So they sent over a microphone. It's the Blue Yeti Blackout Edition. And uh, I'm, I am on the Blue Yeti Blackout Edition right now. And Sid Talk is on our usual microphone. So uh, that is the... Good old Samsung. So that's the test. That's what we're, we're actually on two different, two different microphones. And... Believe so it or not. Quite a bit far apart from each other. Yeah. Which is nice, refreshing. And believe it or not, it's not a simple thing to plug two microphones into a computer and record both of them at the same time. You actually need some let's software. Not, let's not get too technical because they didn't come here to listen to this. You need a piece of you actually need some software and you need to fiddle around with it for two hours <laughs> to get it to work. Correct. It seems like it's working, so hopefully you're all going to email me and tell me it sounds better. <laughs> so, it is Saturday, June the 3rd. This is after the show number 482. We're looking at the movie. We're looking at a movie this week. We're actually looking at John Wick, Chapter 2, uh, the 4K release that's just come out. It's a 2016 movie released on Blu-ray. You can pick this one up on June the 6th. So that's this coming week it's rated r definitely a hard rated r is a lot of violence in this movie yep it's from our That's friends. about it really doesn't have anything else to doesn't rate have it. any sexual or swearing even no it's I mean, just full maybe of, a little bit no it's really full of people getting their heads uh, shot <laughs> a lot uh so it's from our friends at lionsgate who provided the disc for us to review and Sid Talk will give you the short synopsis of John Wick, really? Chapter 2. Really? You think I need to synopsisize John Wick? There's a guy that people keep fucking around with and taking stuff away from him. And he's like this master assassin. And in this one, he does some more assassinating because somebody keeps dicking around with him. True. <laughs> it's like, you know, we'll discuss it more. But that's about it, really. Just don't mess with him. He no. will kill you. I mean, there's no... It's pretty black and white in this movie, in this world. Well, we didn't actually review the original John Wick, but we did watch it one um, evening um, because I, I'd heard that it was good from some people and uh, we both watched it and we both agreed that it's pretty light on story. Correct. But the action is really well choreographed and not... Like, we've watched the, all the old James Bond movies, and you can always tell that it's not actually the actor doing the stuff. Keanu Reeves does the stuff in this movies, yeah. in these movies. I don't know if every single one, but it seems like he A does. A lot of it. I think, yeah, don't look yeah. too close, but I think most of the fighting, anyway. It's maybe very not convincing. the falling down the stairs part. No, maybe not. Or maybe he did. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, this is chapter two of John Wick. The original John Wick. Like I say, it's a very basic story. There is a man... He used to be an assassin. We we gather from the from the movie, and he won. He tries. He doesn't want to do it anymore, but he gets sucked back into it, and he has because to do. of reasons that are not conventionally movie reasons. Except there is the revenge element. We'll probably do spoilers here. It, it is John Wick. It's not. We're not going too deep here to ruin it. It isn't for a you, deep but movie. No, anyway. but, it uh, is about a man who clings to the love of his woman who's no longer with us and the love of his dog who in the first one doesn't have a good time no longer with us and he doesn't have anything else to to my knowledge this story we're told 
He's got nothing else. He's got his house. He's been part of this underworld syndicate thing or whatever it is. And now he just wants to be. Yeah. But that doesn't work that way. Because as we all learned in, I believe it was Godfather 3. Because that when he says, I, I try to get out. Two. And they just pull me back in. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So this one continuation I what I really like spoilers there are some spoilers here if you've not seen John Wick 2 uh, tune away now <laughs> and John it. Wick we might spoil John Wick 1 but that's been out two years so <laughs> you know fair enough so John Wick 2 starts I really liked the opening scene it was an awesome car chase with some crazy motorcycle stunts there was a part where John Wick opens the door of his car and the motorcyclist just f- drives into the car door and flips over. Well, he goes in reverse. Yeah, it was. It, yeah, there was just it was cool stunts. Like oh, the one where he flips around and hits the guy and he. A guy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, a guy, yeah. There was a lot of like holy shit. Harsh. Yeah. It seemed like the beginning of the movie was how different ways of hitting people with cars. <laughs> yeah. So it was a car chase, including lots of deaths by hitting with cars. Um, But what I really liked about this opening scene is it puts a cap on the first movie in a... They do it in the way of you... Well, this is what I thought. Oh, this is what this movie's going to be. And then as soon as the John Wick Chapter 2 logo came on, you know, okay, that is what the last movie was. One is done. This new one is something different altogether. A new threat. Um... So they put a cap on it. They actually use the actor, the Russian guy. Um, he's really not good. I don't think he's good at all. He's good as a Russian guy. Come on. No, he's not. He's really bad. He's like <laughs> Peter Storm over the guy. top. Yeah. I don't like him. Funny, uh, he's also in American Gods with um, Ian McShane, and they're both in this movie too, but I don't, they don't see each other. <laughs> but um, So they, put, they use Peter Storm uh, um, just in a brief sequence, really. I, I was like, oh, he's the body of this thing, and he actually isn't. He's too camp. He was too cheesy, too funny, too lame to be a John Wick bad guy. You think? Absolutely. Mm. He was really bad over the top. I know you didn't see it because you were blinded by your love of the Russian guy, but he really oh, was. I don't, I, I, don't get me wrong. I don't love the Russian guy. <laughs> he plays the same part in every movie he's in. You've got to, he really does. He's always You've loved the same. him since Armageddon. Yeah. The Russian cosmonaut on the space on the space station thing. The Russian cosmonaut. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, come on, he plays the same guy in every movie. Correct. Always a Russian cosmonaut. So uh, yeah, they, I like the opening to this movie. It's like the opening to a Bond movie. This big, massive thing, and then we're on to the story afterwards. Like, um, so as far as the story goes of this of John Wick Chapter 2 and I, I have to say I love both of these movies they're absolutely over the top there's so much violence you you almost feel at points like numb to it like absolutely like I've seen so many heads it does get, get boring to me it gets a little bit boring I could but... imagine it would for you because you uh, you don't like car chases and you don't like um, no. it has to be interesting and in this one there are interesting choreographed fight scenes yeah where between him and Common, that was my favorite because they were. It seemed like they said, "Screw it! When we when you say go, we're we're gonna follow our choreographed steps and everything." However, they just felt it felt like they were really into it. Like, don't don't be gentle, don't be gentle with me or whatever. I like that. And plus, it kind of travels all over, and they roll down the big stairs. And if it's interesting enough, the constant. Shooting. Gun, 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 gun. Kill, kill, kill. Flip a guy over, flip a guy over, flip a guy over, flip a guy over. You see how boring Stab it is when pencil. I say it? Stab a pencil in his eye. Yeah, but that would have been interesting if it hadn't been just some throwaway dudes. And, you know, that, w- that was unfortunate that they wasted the pencil thing. But, you know. Now, I don't think it's boring. The uh, I, I want, I like the shooting parts. And the shooting parts are hardcore. I'm talking, like, people getting their head shot off. <laughs> yeah. People... Getting uh, cannery sticking a knife in somebody's undercarriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's all kinds of gross. Um, it's just ultra violence on a. It's eventually you become completely numb to it. And I was thinking of that while I was watching. It. I was thinking like I'm kind of numb to this violence now. It's almost like it, that's regular. Violence is regular in this yeah. movie. There is you know a normal scene is not the 
norm when there's people talking. It's actually about shooting and uh, hurting, getting hurt. Um, and you get numb to it. And then I was thinking, that's what John Wick is. He's numb to it. He's like a... He's, he's numb to the violence. The violence, actually, he's so good at it. It's like he's a superhero and he can't die anyway. Yeah. He's got a little Bond um, bullet deflection going yeah, on. Yeah, he's the best assassin ever. Everybody's scared of him. Anybody who speaks of his name, it's like, oh, we're done for. That yeah, they it. established that really well, yeah. which is good. And I like that. Because I'm convinced. Because it gives me that Batman feel where people are, you know, with Batman, like around Gotham City, the word gets out of the Batman and then everybody's like, oh shit, the criminal's like... Yeah. Yeah. We don't really want to be fucking around because the Batman's coming. So that's how I feel about John Wick. He's like he's like the Batman, but he's not got the wings. The Batman. <laughs> um, yeah, there is some... Like, he gets shot, like, in the stomach with his suit that protects him from being shot. But you see blood and... and yeah, but he gets shot a bunch and he gets stabbed. So he I- seems to shake a lot of that off a bit too quickly. Yeah, he recovers very quickly. <laughs> you know, like, you know the parts where he really got effed up and then he hid under the Trump's tarp thing? Yep. And then he's, he wakes up with, I don't know how long he was supposed to have been there, but he really Yeah, it would have been good to know if they had said it's been three days or something. I would have liked it to say two months because he'd just been through the shit. Nobody recovers from a, a knife wound like that. He's tough. Yeah, so that's don't, what I'm saying. Don't doubt him, to, he's tough. And then he's not even got a limp <laughs> after that. <laughs> he's just fine, like. So you have to... It's not a believable thing. It's, it's almost a superhero thing. It's just John Wick. It doesn't have powers. He's John Wick. Yes. Yeah, he's, just... not, he's not like... He's not got any superpowers. But when you watch him in action, you would think he had superpowers because sometimes he is so acutely aware of like where his enemies are, he anticipates them before they even see him or he even sees them. Like, he'll just reach around a corner and stab somebody. Because he knows he maybe it's has a footstep. It's predictable. I think it's predictable right. to him. He knows how they yeah. all think and what they're all going to do. And it always brings me back to another Keanu Reeves movie, The Matrix. The very famous scene in The Matrix where he's in the uh, corridor and he figures it out. Yeah. That that and and that from then on. And so when you he think does he's actually fights, Neo. Remember he goes like. Remember <laughs> he does this when he's fighting. He's just yep. like a, it's casual for him, like because he's like you can't. I can anticipate everything now, so it doesn't even matter. I'll just beat you anyway. That's how John Wick feels to me. He feels numb by the violence, and he feels like he doesn't want to do the violence anymore. In fact, it's very specific. You know, it's said in this particular movie. He want he totally wants out of it. The only reason he's back in it is he did something. This marker thing that they mention. I do you think that's a decent way to get you? back on board with it because instead of killing his dog you have to be convinced though that this world really is what it is like you have to be convinced that this underworld is as old and stuck to their traditions and that he is in danger which that's my only complaint he has nothing he has no one except his dog now he has no place his home was gone. So at some point, you would think even he might say, you know what, I'm done. If you're going to kill me, that's f- I'm done. Right. But he just doesn't... What is he What is he clinging to? Just this... Memory of his wife? I know, but that's not enough to keep... I don't know. If you're dead, you don't have to worry about it, right? So what is he still going on for when if they just assassinate him then he's he doesn't have to fight it he doesn't have to look over his shoulder he could just say fine kill me yeah. he's not protecting anyone that we know of now. maybe that's the ending of the third one <laughs> him just shooting himself in the head because yeah. <laughs> he's I'm done and he's done yeah but that's my thing is like I need this character's motivation is he just such a keen survivor that he's just but what's he going to live for? Just to sit in the house now? He has no money, uh, assume, presumably. He's done with all of his money because they've taken everything away. I mean, so, he's got that under the concrete stuff. I don't think so. none of it's useless anymore because it's all useless. Oh, yeah, because, because he's, he's out. Well, spoiler, yeah. Yeah, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> this, movie, um, spoiler. Go, this movie almost follows the same template as the first movie. There are three major action sequences, like in the first one. They try to make them very visually stimulating and interesting. In this new one, there's a 
a concert, rock concert, and then underneath the rock concert is these catacombs. And it's all lit very fancily. Yeah. And that makes an interesting place for John Wick to kill hundreds of people. No, the mirror <laughs> one was really good. And then I have to admit, I it was a bit pretentious, and you thought, oh, come on, but... After it got going, I was really into there it. Is a sequ- there is a sequence. There's also a, a Bond movie with a mirror sequence with the on the island. Remember? Yeah, it was not quite as good as this. Yeah, this one. Yeah, so yeah, there's a art exhibit that involves a, a mirrored ex- exhibition. And the voiceover is saying, "And now you're going into the section where it's reflections of your soul." Yeah. And then there's like this fire on a screen, and then John Wick comes through the mirror, and you're like, and it just "I mean, looks I like cool. that." It does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to admit, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty good." So they definitely try and make it visually interesting. The car chase at the beginning is visually interesting because what I did notice about that was neon lights in puddles of water. They tried to do that kind of thing yeah like, it looked it looked good it looked really cool um and then towards the end there was it was all over the place it was in a train station it was in it was outside on some steps it was in the in the central park i believe that last place was not supposed sure. to be not, not sure, sure really where it is like you don't really look you don't really know the location but uh yeah visually it's really interesting that choreography that they do is um it's like full-on Hong Kong choreography. The guys he worked with on The Matrix um, helped him. The ones who did the... The guys from Hong Kong who do the martial arts. There's all that kind of stuff in here. It is really a martial arts movie with guns, I would say. Yeah, there's a lot more... It's moves. more guns than jumping and kicking somebody. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of getting them on the ground and breaking their arms and stuff. Yeah, which always <laughs> makes me go, ah! Oh, yeah, ah. It's, pretty, it's pretty hardcore. Um, but as far as the story goes, I do like the extended universe of it. The whole, he meets up with the Pigeon Man. Yeah. And he meets up with... Who's the Pigeon Man? Yeah. He, he uh, doesn't... At least he does, they, I'm sure on the set Morpheus. they must have joked. Yeah, blue. Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> plays, <laughs> plays a Bowery King in this. But he is uh, the guy who sets off homing pigeons. He's part of, the, part of this whole thing. And uh, he does say something, doesn't he, that kind of is like a joke. Uh, uh, the meeting. You don't remember it, but we met many years yeah. ago. <laughs> so yeah, they, and you yeah. gave me a choice. They're right? playing on that, aren't they? So, um, I think it might be the first time they've actually been back on screen together since the Matrix. So, um, as far as an action film goes, it is a really kick-ass action film. I didn't know what I was getting into on the first one when we watched it, and I really enjoyed it. I was like, I don't generally like martial art type films I don't go for them you know like Bruce Lee or anything like that they they are kind of boring to me yeah I don't know if you've watched any of those like no. Into the Dragon and stuff I, I think mean, I wouldn't be that interested no I don't think so. I don't think you would at all like and I have never been into that I'm, I'm not into wrestling or UFC or anything like that it really kind of I, I, it's not interesting to me um I can take a little bit of boxing but only in movies. I don't want to watch real boxing. I like boxing movies for some reason. I don't know why. Like surgery. You don't like real surgery, but you can watch it in a movie. But I watch it in a movie and it doesn't bother me at all, which is really strange. (laughs) Real surgery, I can't even look at the screen. Fake movie surgery, it's fine, even though it looks the same. No matter how real it looks, you're fine with it. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's weird. So, moving on to the cast of this movie. Overall, with the movie itself, do you think it lived up to the original and do you think it... Is a good continuation. I feel like my only complaint would be that the bad guy didn't feel... In the first one, you've got the father who's the the big bad guy. Yeah. Who is menacing enough, but he respects John and Wick's thing. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the son is an idiot, which made it more interesting. Because right. he was just an idiot who screwed up. And that made it a little more, you know, like, I don't know, different. Yep. This one, you just have... The elitist, snobby, ambitious Italian guy. Yeah. And then you have Swinjin, which we'll call him. This, who's uh, the boss of it all, of the whole underworld. So there wasn't anybody for me to pinpoint my, the menace, or anybody who was actually either afraid of him properly, or was, you felt like this is the guy who can bring down John Wick. Because this, this... Weaselly Italian guy, he has to enlist everybody to do it for him because he's too weaselly to do yeah. it himself. But there's nobody that I feel like if John Wick were the bad guy, I'd feel like he's threatening, but there's no one to balance him out. 
I really don't feel like anybody can take on John Wick. That is oh, well, one there of is the some, issues. No, there's going to be somebody. Like, no. In the that way whole, they set the end up. In that whole world, there's definitely somebody who can, who's be- bigger and better than him. John Wick breaks one of the main main rules of this. Um, <laughs> More spoilers. I'm not going to give you the spoiler, but he, he breaks one of the rules of this universe. In a, and it, when he broke it, I was genuinely... my. My jaw opened. I was like... Me too. I didn't think he would do that. I was really glad. I thought glad. he was as into this code as everybody else, and he did his thing, and I was like... See, that's the moment when I'm like, okay, so he's done. Why doesn't he just do that, and then... Because I mean, he knows he's done. Him. Yeah, let him have him. Hmm. I'm, I'm actually finished. That would seem like a fitting end, except that he just won't seem to go down that fight. No, well, no. I don't think he's ever going down personally. But oh, he will. You're you're uh, you're a pie in the sky. Guy. The um, I like. The, I actually like the ending. They they absolutely set up a sequel. I sure. mean, there's no doubt about it. There's a John Wick three. Even the guy said, <laughs> the guy who made the film said, yes, there's a, there's another chapter to this. Which I don't particularly like, except that I do like this franchise and I want to see where this, where this I, goes. Yeah, so. I, I think it does. I think as a trilogy, it's fine. It doesn't need to go on forever like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> but as a trilogy, I think it will be That fun. is very correct. Because um, I think there is an ending to this. And it, it is a very interesting place that it leaves him on. I'm, I w- actually wanted the yeah. movie to continue and not stop there. I was like, oh, no, now it's getting really cool. So, um, moving on to the cast, Keanu Reeves plays John Wick. Now, Keanu Reeves, as an actor, was put on this earth <laughs> to play Neo in The Matrix. I truly, firmly believe that. And John Wick. And luckily, <laughs> along came another role in, in a movie called John Wick, where you need a man who doesn't have much range. <laughs> right? He, he, like... I'm not being. I'm not being, like... I mean, Keanu Reeves doesn't have much. I think range. he does. It's just his his delivery. Way. Is it's very... just his way. It really is. So as Neo, it absolutely worked perfectly the way Keanu Reeves pulls it off. I can't think of another person who, you know, it's is so. Va- I don't know. It's cold, kind of. And, yeah, and very, just singular focused because we're getting him with no love in his life right except the love of his dog so we're not getting any part of him except 100% revenge (laughs) yeah I will kill you you're not gonna kill me that's all we're getting we don't get any depth other than the little flashback video and a picture of him with his woman and even in this movie when he talks to um, anybody it's all about business he's getting some guns off somebody he's finding out can you fix my car Yep, he's, there's that. He's, uh, every single person he talks to, and I'm telling you, Keanu Reeves doesn't have that many lines in this movie. He is mostly shooting and kicking ass. When he does talk, he's a man of few words anyway. He, he gives a lot of those one-line answers, and then the other person talks a lot, like Ian McShane. So Keanu Reeves is it's, it's purely an action role, I feel. But he, he does bring that cold, damaged man to it and I think he does it well I agree because I've watched other Keanu Reeves movies I think he's really good at action movies Point Break is especially good I thought not the new one the old one (laughs) Um, but then when I watch Keanu Reeves in other things like the romantic things or what was that one where he was really really I was like oh my god something about November yeah with the where you're like what do you even like, Did it, How did anybody like sign off on that performance? It's just not good. Like it's, <laughs> it doesn't feel right. But in this, I think he's absolutely John Wick. It, it is uh, the actor suits the role perfectly. Ian McShane returns as Winston. Ian McShane, I feel like we've been seeing him a lot recently because we're watching American Gods, <laughs> and he, Ian McShane again plays similar type of roles. You got to. He, yeah, he does like grizzled, um, kind of a little bit weird, overly wise. Yeah, mentor type. Uh, he did it. He did in Deadwood. He did in American Gods. He did in this. <laughs> what else did we see him in? Uh, was he in Westworld? Mm. I feel like he, I feel like he, he might not have been in Westworld. But yes, because he was the preacher guy at the church with. No, that was, that was Game of Thrones. That was Game of Thrones. <laughs> Again, in Game of Thrones, he was that kind of grizzled character. Yeah. So yeah, Ian McShane does his thing. Again, I think he really fits as this Winston character. 
this Winston character, I almost feel, whenever there's a scene with Winston, I'm like, okay, we're going to learn a little bit more about John Wick's world every time we speak to him. Yeah. And he's that character, the one who telegraphs a bit more about John Wick's world and how it works. You don't do this here, you use this money to pay for that, you come here when you don't want any trouble. There's a lot of rules to this world, and mm. he's the guy who dispenses them. Well, he then he says he's in charge of it all. Yeah. So that's... Are we setting him up as the bad guy for the end, you know? I don't I don't like to predict, but I'm just saying. Now, I uh, put down Ruby Rose as Ares. You were very disappointed yep. with her. She was nothing. And if anybody tries to argue different, they're full of shit. Because she has a cool she look. Actually, doesn't matter. She did nothing. She walked around. She sign-languaged. Explain what she is in this, Ares. I don't even know. She's like his, she's like his sidekick for the bad guy. That's it. She's supposed to be like his protector, and she does fuck all. She doesn't shoot anybody. She, I mean, she walks between a bunch of thugs as they do a bunch of shit. And then when it when it comes down to bit to the big fight, she's nothing. She barely gives up a fight, and then she's done. Like there was nothing to her. It was all flash, no substance whatsoever. See, I wasn't menaced by her. I didn't think he should be threatened by her. Not because she's a woman, because she showed nothing other than directing other people with the flick of a finger. She wasn't dangerous she walks really cool down the stairs with her gun but she doesn't do anything now i'm not blaming her i'm saying they didn't write her we didn't see her do something really horrible like in the beginning so that we know that she is not to be messed with we didn't hear her here i mean she's deaf so she does sign language but i mean she didn't give any sort of orders that make her seem like oh that's why he picked her to be the italian guy he's like she's like his Second hand. Or, I guess, the same as what common is to that lady. Yeah. This lady is to She's this just a, a bodyguard. Not kind. just a bodyguard. She's like, like his main bodyguard. bodyguard yes. But she doesn't do anything. Um, I really liked uh, when she came at John Wick with the knives. And she was real fierce. And she just kept coming. Like I really liked that part. Yeah, but nothing happened. She didn't even... She barely poked him. There was no, no penetration. Um, <laughs> I, I, know her al- I know her already from uh, Orange is the New Black. She plays like a tough chick in that as well. She wasn't kind of, though. That's my point. Um, in Orange is the New Black, she plays like a... Like everybody fancies her in that. They all think she's like... Because she's like supermodel looking to them all. Yeah. Um, but she's also a bit hard like... In this, she's, you know, she's pretty. And I feel like the makers of John Wick were like, we don't have female characters and wouldn't it be cool to have one? But yeah, she's not... I mean, spoilers, she meets her end in this movie, (laughs) so she ain't coming back. And it seems like a missed opportunity for a really tough woman character. She could have been really awesome. Like... The cool chick from Wolverine, she was cool. She was tough. Yeah. She, and the cool chick from Kingsman, she was actually, you know, with the f- Oh, feet. she's awesome, yeah. Yeah. She does something I mean, to make you think. She is a match. She This this young lady was not a match. And so it never felt like any kind of, even when he's facing her down, it wasn't like, we're building up to her. Oh, right. She, right. You know. So um, that was unfortunate. So, yeah. she She's in. Um... <laughs> She never speaks, obviously. She's a, not a speaker. Um, Common plays Cassian. Um, Common, the rapper. Just the one... one. He was good. I liked him. Yeah, he's, he's always kind of... Uh, he plays very similar roles in movies, too. The tough... Yeah. You know, henchman or bodyguard or something. But he's up when he's up against John Wick, he gives him a go. It gives him... There's actually moments in the fight when he's fighting with Common where I'm like, oh, they're actually on a level playing field. John Wick isn't a superhero today. Like, he could actually get killed by this guy. Right. Whereas when he was up against Ruby Rose, it never felt like that. It just felt like he was just going to kill her at some point. But yes. Uh, but Common's very one-note to me. He's very... He's very, uh... He's very Vin Diesel. You know, very... Yep. Like, I'm a tough man. Yeah, but I liked it. him, though. But yeah, he's he was pretty good in this. Uh, the fight sequence was one of the best things with him rolling down the stairs. Yes. That was one of my favourite parts, because I was like, wow, that is really intense. Like Lawrence Fishburne, as I mentioned earlier, plays Bowery King. It's Lawrence Fishburne. He's a little bit older, a little say bit fatter. Say what you gotta say, yep. <laughs> the fatter part doesn't matter, but that he's just... I don't know, there's not a lot of substance there either. He, again, like Ian McShane... 
plays a similar character in movies. He has done for a while. He's in Superman, Man of Steel, as the Perry guy from the newspaper. Bit of authority. Kind of, you know, that's it. He's got a bit of authority. Yeah. He's kind of tough. Um, he's not so tough in this. Well, he gives it... He, he does threaten our hero a bit. But nothing really comes of him? Like, nope. There's no fight with him? Exactly. Or? I think we're just Are building. we waiting for the third one for, mm-hmm. for his big deal? Like, a big Maybe. come down with him, a big showdown? He's actually a ninja master of some kind, and he actually chops John Wick's head off. That's my. That's the ending, right? But only in the Matrix. Yeah. Da, da, da. John Legui, Legui, say Leguizamo? Plays uh, Aurelio. You know what? It's just a cameo, like kind it's of. It's not thing. a cameo. Not but... a cameo. It's not a cameo. Nope. It's a um, <laughs> guest starring, guest appearance. No. In the first movie, it's not a guest appearance. He's actually a character in the movie. You're right. In the first movie, he fixed his car. Whatever. Like we've got to bring him back so people remember that guy because he's that cool guy. Well, no, I think friend. he's going to be key because he's the only ally he has really, yeah. except for the I think the concierge maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah. When whatever. the phone rings towards the end, and you see John. He's like, like look at it. Yeah, he's John, like, what yeah, have you I'm done? going to be part of the third one. Yeah. Uh, this is directed by Chad. I can't even. I can't even. Stileski. It's not that hard. Chad Stileski. He, he directed a movie called John Wick, <laughs> the original one. <laughs> no, that one. And now he directed this one. Uh, and he's not. That's it. Uh, what do you think? I think he's. He's got something, hasn't he? I like, think he handles it well. Knows how to do action. Yeah, I think that's where his strength is. The stunts and the centering around those things and not... See, I've, I've always said, if you listen to enough podcasts, I like a movie that commits one side of the fence or the other. This one is not trying to be deep and, you know, where Fast and the Furious tries to be all like, we've got this big deep story and the family and all that shit... It doesn't work because it's actually just goofy, stupid, racing, killing, But it does driving. work. It doesn't work. In a stupid way. It doesn't work for me because it doesn't. It shouldn't be so serious about itself. The right. whole storyline isn't, you know, this one, John Wick, it isn't. It is, there's a world of people that you know nothing about as a real human being. We're making this fantasy world for you. John Wick is a part of it. It's almost a comic book as it is. We're not going to make you dig too deep or feel too much, except for the rabble-rousing, like, yeah, kill them all, John. And that's about it. And that's what I like, because they're committing to the action. Yeah, to action moving is what along, they commit to. And you the root, story's thin. Yeah, you root for him. I don't know if it's thin, because it's really rich and lush, this whole idea of this world that he's been a part of all those years that we never saw leading up to what we're now seeing of his life. So I don't feel like it's thin, except it doesn't make you... You don't go away going, oh, that's really profound. Like, if you walked away from The Matrix thinking, whoa, you know, that's a different kind of thing. So that's what I like about this. It It doesn't try too hard to be... You know, they focus on the right things, I think, is what I think. I think maybe... I, um, I know that's what I think. With you just mentioning that, I think maybe there will be a fourth movie, and it'll be a prequel when they've when the third one's finished, and a few years later when they decide they need some more this money. This is quite the prediction. They'll make this prequel one where... Because, you know, we are... When we're introduced to John Wick, he's done a lot of stuff before that. <laughs> and uh, hopefully Keanu keeps his uh, young look doesn't seem to age that much, Keanu, to me. He doesn't, really. He's pretty just, you know, sane. So, um, yeah, this director is very good at action. You know, he doesn't do shaky cam or anything like that. It's all very coherent and easy to follow, which I actually really like, because you could go the barn route, where everything's moving, and, and sometimes you can't really see who's fighting yep. who. But this does not do that. It's very cinematic, wide shots, John Wick, you can see what he's doing, you can see everybody, you can kind of see one move ahead a lot of the time, like what he's going to do because of the way it's all set up. But I really like watching that, it's cool. So extras on the Blu-ray, there are a bunch actually. There is um, deleted scenes, there's a commentary, which I will be listening to this week, with Keanu Reeves and the director. I really like to hear what Keanu Reeves has to say about it. I like it when He seems like he's really into it. Yeah, I like it when commentaries actually use the star of the movie. 
And it's becoming less and less. I find commentaries are often now just the director, and they don't have the stars with them, usually because the stars are off doing something else by the time the Blu-ray needs doing, and they can't get them. But uh, Keanu Reeves must be really into this project to actually come and do the Blu-ray. Um, and I'd really like to hear what he has to say about it, because I'm sure he'll tell you which stunts he did and which ones he didn't. Um, there's deleted scenes. There's a bunch of, like, featurettes. I mean, there's a lot of them. There's a theatrical trailer. There's one about the stunts. There's one about, like, they look back at the first movie and how, like, they didn't expect it to be such a success. Yeah, I like that. It shows you how it kind of caught on, and they didn't even, they weren't even ready for it. They were like, we just thought it would be, you know, an okay movie that people would like, but actually it took off, you know. Um, You said to me earlier today, was this based on a graphic novel? And I actually thought it was. It seemed like it definitely would be, but... And then when I went out and looked it up, of course it's a graphic novel, and that's why I thought it was a graphic novel, but the graphic novel was made after the movie. Why? That's interesting. So, um, yeah, and there is a comic book as well with with some other adventures of John Wick, so maybe that's where his prequel is in that comic. Um, There's also um, evolution of a fight scene. There's a part about the car chase at the beginning. There's um, training John Wick... These are all very self-explanatory. There's a lot of extras. I mean, it's actually really loaded, plus plus the commentary that's all the way through the film. Gives you a reason to watch the film again. So, um, yeah, really good um, Blu-ray. And 4K, actually. It's 4K Blu-ray and a digital copy. So, in conclusion, what do you think of John Wick 2? I actually enjoyed it a lot. I'm looking forward to John Wick 3. I, I am. No. <laughs> you know, some movies you can't give a thing. I mean... I'm surprised. I I always th- watching this. I'm watching the last one even. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, this is like, I I like watching people. You know, a, a guy kick everybody's ass. You love Fast and the Furious, so let's just set that as your yeah. standard of actiony kind of stuff. Just in a dumb way, like I said to you, I, I I can see all the flaws, but I just like watching exactly cars jump through buildings and stuff. It's just dumb. <laughs> like. Um, yeah, I do like Fast and the Fur- Furious, but I do feel like. My brain cells are being sucked out of my ears while I'm watching it. But then there's moments where I'm laughing. <laughs> and when a car's, like, jumping out of a plane with a parachute, I'm like, this is just so dumb. But, like, it's like James Bond dumb. I mean, it's gone really far out, that that series. Watching this and the first one, I always thought, I don't know if you're going to like this. Because there's so much long, prolonged fighting. Yeah, I don't like that you part. You get bored with fighting, like, I really do. quick. And but, there's so much shooting. And- but I find that... In these scenes, I'm I'm a little bit transported, which you're not supposed to be. It breaks it for me. And I think about them doing it more than it happening in the fictional story. And then I'm kind of interested because it's it, it does flow. And it's like a technical thing to have, per, you know, every single stunt. And I, I, I do like stunts. And when you think about what he's had to do for five minutes straight is roll over here and do this and duck over here and throw this guy over your shoulder and da 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 and slam him in the wall. I actually get kind of into that part of it more than, oh, John's fighting his way through and bench him and hit him. And right. I don't get into the fiction side. And then when the fight kind of dies down, then I go back in. So I don't mind. I would like them to be a little less. But then I don't know what more I would want. I don't want more conversations. No. I don't want more John Wick talking. No. This um, is this is a pure action. So yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I mean, if you want to see car chases, people getting shot in unique and weird ways, <laughs> and people, you know, somebody getting their uh, undercarriage cut with a knife. This is the <laughs> movie. Be focusing on that one. That was very brief. It, it, it wouldn't very, even notice it hardly. Actually, the gore in this movie, like, there's a lot of blood, obviously, because people get shot in the head. Uh, I was just looking on IMDb. It's all CG. Yeah, you um, could all tell. of it. I think you yeah, could tell. Yeah, there's no, um, like, uh, people chucking a bucket of blood on somebody. None of that. No. You could tell it was that Walking Dead blood. Yeah, after the... after the Yeah. When they made it, they had it all in. Still cool, though. I mean, it still looked convincing when somebody gets the, a bullet in the red. It looks like a person getting a bullet in the red. So, um, yeah, thanks to Lionsgate for the Blu-ray. Uh, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to it. They set up the sequel so well. I actually wish I had it and I could go and watch it now. Because I'm actually... I really want to know how this ends. (laughs) 
there's there's either one way or another, isn't there? Does John Wick dies or he reigns supreme <laughs> and gets back into it? You reckon? Those yeah. are the only two choices? Uh, yeah. So, uh, thank you to Lionsgate. Next week's Blu-ray review is undisclosed. I will figure it out this week and then we will bring you a Blu-ray review next week. Movie recommendations. I am going on the subject of John Wick 2. Two movies I recommend to you. Number one is Hannah, which also gives me the vibe of John Wick. It's kind of ultra-violent. It's way better than John Wick. It's just different. I think it's better. It's a better story. Yeah. For me. More more involved story. And commits to it being a good story and good action. All of it combined. It's it makes a, it a really violent, uh, hitmanish story. Yeah. Uh, and my other one is The Matrix. The original Matrix, maybe not the two sequels. If you can, if you've never seen The Matrix. The original Matrix is really awesome. The concept of it, when you go back and think about it. I remember coming out of the cinema and like, holy crap, I, that really works. The <laughs> whole thing works. The sequels kind of drop it down a bit because I don't think they knew what to do exactly with it. Another case of just get it done. Yeah. I don't think they succeeded fully, those two sequels. But that original film is still really fun to watch. And I just love the concept of the whole thing. I know it borrows from everything. It just borrows from everything so well. So does everything else. Yeah. So, yeah, The Matrix and Hannah. You are going to recommend? I'm going to recommend going back 30 years, as I have been. I'm about out of my 1987 movies that I have seen, or that I have noted that I have seen. And this week, we're up to Hello Again, which I actually find, I remember being really funny. It's with um, Diane from Cheers. I always forget her name. Um, She dies, and her sister is mourning her, and she's kind of witchy, and she brings her back and so she comes back Ryan O'Neill was her husband things have moved on a bit and so she's she's actually just back a lot I guess you could say she's a zombie but she's not really a zombie and it's, it's just one of those quirky 87 1980s comedy kind of sweet and touching you know kind of flick and the other one is The Running Man which I know I can't say that it's good because I'm pretty sure it's not high quality cinema it's pretty good <laughs> but I- it was really, it was really um, captivating. I like the idea of it. And I'm going to add another one because last night my nephew and I went uptown to this little tiny theater that we have. It's called Capital City Cinema. It is a non-for-profit. They show, I think, whatever they can get. They just have a projector that's maybe older than ours. It's just like a, it projects onto the wall that they've painted. And they've got really nice seats though. It holds probably a hundred people. And we saw Chasing Train, which is the documentary about John Coltrane, apparently a very famous jazz musician, which I've never really, I've obviously heard his name, or knew of, but never knew anything about him. So you would say like, well, why are you interested? I wouldn't go, I wouldn't be interested, you know, but that's why you would watch a documentary because I'm introduced now to this person his life his work that I've never been interested in before I'm not a jazz person but there's something about the way they presented it and the way they told his story and then explaining how his music really was that didn't bore the crap out of me and I was like wow he's it was a thinker, something, I don't know. So now I'm interested to listen to those. You've said you even know a couple of his songs specifically. They mentioned a few that were like the innovative. I mean, he's like the, a legend the of jazz, right? Exactly. Like Miles Davis. And I was like, he died when he was 40. And this movie makes, has a lot of clips of him playing and stuff. And you, you know, I wasn't keeping track of the years. And I'm thinking, well, he grew old. He's looking pretty old. He's getting a little fatter. And then, boom, he was dead. And I'm, I'm watching, and they're like, at age 40, his life was done. I was like, whoa. So that was pretty amazing. And the experience of going to the theater is just really fun. So I highly recommend if in your town you have some little theater tucked away. It could be a little business where they just have the dollar movie or something. Like you said, this theater that you went to, it's like our theater in the basement. It is really, yeah. It's the same. They've got a wall that they've <laughs> painted with the good non-reflective you know, screen. Paint. It's yeah. just the wall. There's yeah. no frame or anything. And uh, there's old movie posters they've put everywhere and framed, which is really cool. And then the, the thing that they used 
to show the files. It's just a the DVD. Player. It just looks like yeah. a so. I was like, it looked like the PlayStation interface. A Sony one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, but that's the beauty <laughs> and, of it. And they've got a consumer projector like we have. And that's the beauty of it, though. For twenty bucks, we got popcorn, two movies. There was nobody else. Oh, in it cost twenty dollars altogether for two people and a bucket right. of popcorn. They, they, yeah, they've got to really make the money back, haven't they? I mean, they've got to keep it going. Like, I think that's really cheap. Pop- if I went to the other theater, it cost me thirty-five dollars. No, I bought popcorn and two movie tickets. Oh, okay. At a movie theater, popcorn's $9. Yeah, I never buy it, so I don't like it. But yeah, I yeah. do. So to me, 20 bucks for two people and popcorn, and there's a young girl there who my husband, my nephew is, um, he's second year of college now, but he she's from the high school that he went to, so he knows her, and they got to talking about their old teachers and her working there. And, you know, it's just like a lovely little, and we walked out, and it was like the golden hour, and it's downtown, and Austin said, wow. It's really nice out here. And he goes, it's really nice to walk out of a movie theater, not straight into a parking lot. You're like walking into life. Because there's people everywhere and they're sitting out on, there's a restaurant that's part of this business also that's right next door. So there's people on the sidewalk and there's loads of people everywhere. And it was really just kind of like a cool little outing. So I recommend, even if you don't have a movie theater, but you find out there's a little theater in your town where people do plays or live music, you know. Try to patronize them and um, check don't it out. patronize. Patronize means you go there and spend. Yeah, your but money. don't patronize them. Not don't, patronize. Don't go patronize. there and do that. <laughs> oh, you're such a smartass! Like you're learning from the best here. Yes, I am. <laughs> so that's my recommendations. All right. So chasing um, train games and ascoli stuff um, on Sunday night tomorrow night. It's the uh, HBO on HBO. The leftovers finale. I'm talking about the finale. Finale. The show is over completely. Followed this show since the beginning. We're at the end of season three. Sid Talk, I don't think, liked last uh, last week's episode, did you? Um, it's just really up its own ass. I mean, come on. At some point, these shows, the people who write them, get a little delusional about getting too... Uh, just that, up their own ass about the the... You know, we're digging into Kevin's mind and like he's now split into two and he's always been battling himself. No shit. Everybody fucking battles themselves in life. So you've taken this awesome concept that 2% of the entire population disappeared, which is controversial. They don't know why. They don't know what happened. And now we're focused on this one dickhead who can't... From the minute we meet him, he's trying to escape his family. So every season, by the end of the season, somebody questions him and goes, but Kevin... You're always running away. But Kevin, you're always running away. Yeah, no shit. Can we move along? Make something a little more interesting than him having to reach into his own self to find the key to being a whole person? I mean, come on. Now, me personally... You love it, I know, but um, ugh. There's an episode in season two called If You're a Leftovers Fan. I'm sure there are some of you out there. Sure. An episode in season two called International Assassin. I think it's like episode eight... And it's my favorite episode of the entire Leftovers. I just loved it. Only because it's weird. And, and it, you love weird shit. It's weird and it's... It tells a lot... Of, I mean, it's a Kevin thing. Mm-hmm. Which is what the show is. It's about Kevin. But it's not. It shouldn't be. It never was for me. So that's why it's like, ugh. Kevin. And what this episode was this week, last week, was um, pretty much the sequel to International Assassin. Same, it even has the same vibe and the same music. It's, it's directed by the same guy. Uh, I don't think it was quite as good as International Assassin because it really retread a lot of it. But it did have some really cool moments in it. One of my favorite moments was Kevin is in limbo. This show is weird. <laughs> he, he's he's um, dead. You know. You don't know that. He's in this it's middle implied. ground between dead and not being dead, I guess. And... Um, He's being he's the president of the United States. And <laughs> to get into his bunker, <laughs> this is my favorite part. Um there, there's there's been a running joke in the leftovers you're probably not aware of, but it's online a lot. That the guy who plays Kevin has got a really large penis and often he wears um jogging pants in the show and you can s- people post memes of like look at Kevin's large penis. And I'm, I'm guessing the actor has a big penis, but there's just a really funny part in this last week 
where he has to get into the presidential uh, command center and he does the retinal scan, the facial scan, and then the guy says to him, and your pe- now your penis. <laughs> and he looks at him and he's like, and then it shows you on the wall there's a, a penis scanner. And it's particularly, it's quite long. Because <laughs> I said to you, wow, they've really made allowance. <laughs> like, and then he puts his penis on the scanner and there's kind of a thud noise. Like it's, it's like, and the guy smiles. <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're all reading a little too much into this. It's just very funny. I, yeah, I just thought okay. it was like a, it was like them making fun of themselves. I really love that moment. There's another moment inside the when they get inside the um, downstairs bunker, part, yeah, where he meets Patty again and Liv Tyler's character because it is like an odd, dreamy kind of sequence. I really liked it. I felt like it was a wrap up for all those characters at once. And there's also a real gruesome pit that yeah. happens. Um, it's very surreal and weird. Uh, but I thought it succeeded for me in what it was trying to do. Yes, it was an hour. What was it trying to do? Well, it was an hour of um, deconstructing Kevin, telling him what is wrong with himself, and then him maybe fixing himself. In do the we next... not think three seasons of this has been enough? <laughs> well, I, mean, I, just, Jesus, liked, I just liked how... I understand you liked it, but... Ugh. And then next weekend, this weekend, when it ends, uh, this weekend's episode is called The Book of Nora, so we're going to get an episode about Nora, because we haven't had one yet. Um, I'm, we I don't, have. I don't particularly... We've had three episodes about Nora. Not partic- Not like full-on Nora. They've been sure. with everybody else. Not her, just on her own, like the episode with... Um, yeah, there was. Laurie. Where we meet, go, she, we see her getting shot and stuff. That was all her. That was in the last season. That was in the first season. Yeah, I'm talking about in this season. Mm, we haven't had a normal right. episode. So, um, I don't care how it ends now. <laughs> I don't need an explanation for the people going missing. I don't need it all wrapped up in a bow. And I don't think it will be. Because they're not that kind of show. But I think they'll have an interesting Wait, ending. Then what's the whole point, then? Uh, for me, it's the. I love the characters. I like the world they inhabit. What world is it, though? The I world, the the world they inhabit is intrinsically tied to the event that happened. That's all. That's the only reason we're watching these people. It's the only reason the story exists. But I don't need to know what happened. I understand, but without that, there would be no story. You wouldn't give a shit about a sheriff who can't commit to his family. But I like the world. <clears throat> I like the... The because, world, though, is Because going... of the event that happened... Right. Nora, for instance, is this insurance... She... she when all these people went missing, obviously in real life, if this happened, then insurance companies would yeah, there'd be insurance, new insurance for oh maybe your loved one will be taken at some point randomly in the future, so maybe you have to insure them. No, that was but she's actually doing uh, fraud protection against people who have been taken um, to see if they're like telling the truth or not. <laughs> Well, it's like, if I say my son disappeared on the day, she has to investigate whether he was one of the, what are they called? Departed. Departed. Or if it's a scam. That's it. Which which is part of why, you know, that whole scenario wouldn't exist without this event, right? So the the things in in the show are all linked to that event, like having the... The town where nobody there's a, there's a town in the show where nobody left. I guess my point is you wouldn't they wouldn't have this story without the event and without any explanation or tidy bow as you say. Then what is the point? Because I'm following these people through their journey of coping with this thing, and then what? That I'm exploring their inner selves, which I could have done in a story where it was about nothing other than them exploring themselves, like a soap opera or any other dramatic movie or a comedy or any but, other television. But then series. that wouldn't have been for me. Quite right, as you wouldn't have been interested yeah. because this element is missing. So if you think that element doesn't matter, I don't understand that. No, I mean, I mean, it's going to be. I think people think they're going to get a, a rounded up thing tomorrow night where. Yeah, I, I'm with you, though. I don't think it will. Where but. the people all turn up, or everybody disappears, or something, right? Something related to the thing. I don't think there is anything else related to the thing. I don't think on the 7th anniversary, something happens, like they're saying. I don't think anything happens. I think people are hoping, or waiting, or something. I don't think anything happens. But, what if something major freaking happens and 10% of the population then that'll disappears? Be, that'll also be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they've got planned. I like that. But it's that's not... more interesting than nothingness. 
So, what story um, are you telling me if you end me on nothingness? Well, I don't, I don't think it. they'll end on nothingness either. I think they'll end on something. I just don't know what it is. And I don't. I think there'll be disappointed people because there always is with shows when they end them. People were disappointed with Lost. People were disappointed Absolutely. with The Sopranos. Yeah. People were disappointed. People get disappointed with shows when they end them. But They're I disappointed because it's ending. And right. Then, yeah. And then, oh, they didn't really do it exactly how I wanted it. Um, we'll see tomorrow night and we'll talk about it next week. The other thing that's on, on uh, tomorrow night, which I'm so excited for, is uh, the next episode of Twin Peaks. <laughs> episode five. You like the weird stuff. I couldn't hold myself. I couldn't. They put four episodes out at once, and we pretty much watched them in two days. So I couldn't restrain myself. <laughs> so now we've had to wait like three weeks for this new one. And uh, it's been... I, I'm so dying to know what I... It's awesome. Watch Twin Peaks if you've not yet. Uh, it's on Showtime. The game I've been playing this week is Friday the 13th, the game. Um, you might know the movie series Friday the 13th. You might, if you're the, old like us. It's the official game based on that. They've got the full license. So Jason Voorhees is the uh, antagonist. And um, it's a multiplayer game. There's a bunch of you players, the camp counsellors at Camp Crystal Lake. And one of you plays as Jason randomly. You get chosen to be Jason. Now, the camp counsellors... You're all in a big map. It's the Camp Crystal Lake. There's log cabins. There's campgrounds. There's archery range. There's all the places you expect from the movies. There's the canoe in the... You know, there's the river. And as the camp counsellors in a match, you have to escape from Jason. Now, escaping from Jason, you can do it a couple of ways. You can. There's a car that is broken down and it needs a battery... It needs some car keys, and it needs some gas. And those three things are somewhere in the map, in a drawer, in some house, behind something. So you've all got to split up and go look for those things. Bring them back to the car, insert them into the car, and then you can drive out of the map in the car and, and leave. It's easier said than done, though. Those things, you don't know where they are. You've got to search every nook and cranny looking for them. Every game only lasts ten minutes, so you've only got ten minutes to do it. There's another way out that is via boat and you need gas and you need uh, a propeller for the boat and now they're random items that are around. So you've got to go and find them, bring them back, fix the boat. Only two of you can escape in a boat, only four of you can escape in a car. There's actually eight of you altogether. So another two people have to figure out another way to escape. The other way to escape is there is a radio in one of the cabins. It's random, it can be anywhere. And you can radio for the police. Once you radio for the police, a timer starts for five minutes. (laughs) Once the five minutes is up, the police arrive and you go to the location where the police are and they'll rescue you. So those are the three ways out. Um, You can't really kill Jason. You can damage him and knock him down. But killing him is not really viable. I think it's possible, but I don't think you're really going to ever do it. Now, Jason has all kinds of powers, and he's really super overpowered. And he kills the counsellors in really gruesome ways, you know, (laughs) sticks them on spikes, chops their heads off, um, throws them through windows. You know, it's like the movies. He has the gross deaths. Um, I've I've only played as Jason once in the whole time I've been playing it. But as the counsellors, I generally tend to escape. You've got to be really careful. If you run... Jason can use his sense and he can kind of see where you are. So you have to kind of creep around and um, you can, when you go inside the log cabins, you can barricade the doors with things. You can uh, close the windows, make sure everywhere's secure so he can't get in as easy. He'll still get in. He'll use his axe to get in through the door. It just takes him longer if you barricaded the doors. Um, it's a really fun multiplayer game. Uh, it's has this really, this is a cool, unique thing. It has proximity voice chat. So you can talk to people in the game through your microphone, but you can only talk to them if they're, if you can see them. So I can't talk to you if you're one of the counsellors and I'm one of the counsellors, and I want to say, hey, everybody, has anybody got the keys? Well, nobody will hear me unless you can see the person. Like, you need to, be, you need to actually be stood near each other. Right. And the microphones only work when you're near <clears throat> each other. 
But there is another mechanic where you can find radios, like a walkie-talkies in the map, and as soon as you find a walkie-talkies and you press your button to talk on a walkie-talkie, anybody else who has found a walkie-talkie can talk to you. So at the beginning of the game, you're completely... You can't talk to each other because you're all split up and nobody can speak. So it's not like everybody goes, hey, I know where the battery is, I know where the thing is. You can't really... It makes it really, really tense because you're always on your own at the beginning. So that's Friday the 13th, the game. It's on uh, Steam, it's on PlayStation, and it's also on Xbox. It's about $40, which I think is a bit high, because it's pretty janky at the moment. It, the, the servers are kind of broken, and the, the Steam achievements don't work. We've played it for hours the other night, and we didn't get one achievement, and when we looked at a list of achievements, we've, we should have got most of them. So that's broken. I don't like that. Uh... Somebody, somebody said to me, well, who cares about achievements? Well, if you bought the game and it's something you want to aim for, then it, may, it should be working, at least. But uh, that's Friday the 13th, the game. I think it's really fun. I don't think it's a $40 thing. I think you should wait for it to come down in price. But if you've got friends and you like that kind of thing, it's fun to play. What is Svengooli, Sito? Svengooli is a horror host, and he likes to come out on Saturday night for two hours, all dressed up and telling bad jokes and presenting us with a movie. And tonight is The Bride of Frankenstein. Have we seen so it? So that tells you, probably. I mean, I think I have, probably. I don't know if we've seen it on Svengooli or not. I, don't, I haven't probably not seen it, though. You'll find out once it gets going. And um, it's fun. It's a little jaunt in the world of old classic horror films. Sometimes with some not-so-great films like Godzilla movies and Abbott and Costello. But yeah, the universal classics are there. And then some oddball ones that we get now and then. And that is it. What's for dinner before Tonight? we leave? What is the time? Mm, I might change my mind and go somewhere else. But I was thinking of making some day of macaroni and cheese. Some Amy's chili. We're vegetarian, so these are things that matter. They don't have any. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, cook some peas and go out and pick some mint and have some mint with peas. I don't but, know. But there's not a lot of time. There's not a lot of time. You're right. But there's only mint. No time. I have time too. Oh, no, no. I'm growing some time. <laughs> I'm a gardening person, so I've got my thyme and my rosemary and my mint. So we got as much yeah, time as we want. I might also go Jimmy John's, so that could be my other choice. That sounds actually good. Then I don't have to get out of the car, I don't have to put my shoes on. Okay, Jimmy John's. Never mind the other stuff. All right, and what And is we're going to be eating the cake that you got. Yeah, we are. For free for a survey. You wasn't into it that much. I ate a bite of it today. It tastes much better after it's been in the fridge oh, all night. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I actually thought that it might taste better yeah, after it's cooled much off. better. It's a yellow cake with chocolate frosting. It's quite delicious. Yeah. I uh, did a survey and they sent me a cake <laughs> to Free make. cake mix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, uh, what is your advice before we leave? Road trip. Go on a road trip. It's pretty pretty basic advice. Pick somebody that you want to spend the day or two with, or just a day. Get in the car, take some snacks. These days you can probably stop for snacks everywhere, but it's funner to have it. And then just be like, we're going to drive for four hours and then we're going to turn around and come back. Or you're going to drive someplace, stay in some motel or bed and breakfast, someplace you've never been. Just pick a road and then turn around and come back. Now my mom and her dude, I don't know what to call him because he's 84. It's kind of hard to call him a boyfriend at this point. Man friend. He's not my stepfather, but it's as close as you can get. It's been 15 years now, but... They will, they will do that. They'll get in the car and just head off. We live in Missouri, right? But they will just say, we're going to Kentucky. And I'm like, where are you going? She's like, I don't know. We're going to head toward Kentucky. They don't take a map or a GPS. They just go. And then at some point, they stop and stay all night. And then they just turn around, take a different road to come back. It's like an adventure. You're going to see things you've never seen. You're going to spend time with somebody. Maybe you want to do a lone road trip. That could also be fun. I would personally use a GPS, but that's just me. Well, um, my uh, advice, actually, I've got some for you this week, is uh, we started, uh, we've done two days on the cycling trail this this week. Yeah. And next week we will also do three, probably three days on the trail next week, right? Hopefully. Get back to cycling. No, because I'll be going out of town. Oh, well, at least do. In the evenings, though. Well, at least do two, right? Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so we went cycling. I did, uh, like, 14 miles each time. Um it was really, really hot. Yeah. But it is really fun, cycling. You were it? really hot. We went both ways. I loved it. It's on the Missouri River. The so river's like really high. Right on the river. It's awesome. Because of all the rain we've had recently, the river's as high as I've seen it, I think. Um, 
but cycling is really cool. The only thing I don't like about it is uh, getting insect bites on my legs. Can't <laughs> seem to do anything about it. We sprayed last year, didn't we? Put something no, on us. No, we never did. I thought we did. Oh, we tried that stuff. It was terrible. Stuff it burned your skin really yeah. bad. <laughs> we didn't do that again. No. So, um, yeah, cycling. It's fun if it's warm. Not if it's too warm, though. I find when it's like 100 degrees, it's hardcore. Get it a drink is pretty like hardcore. A, yeah, but I still enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, cycling. Do it. On and I'm running. Gonna, is that your stay classy comment? It isn't, no. So I want to remind you about our <laughs> websites, ascully.com and sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch us on the uh, Google Play Music Store, the iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed, ascully.com. Click on the word podcast. You can listen to all the podcasts there. We have 482 of them. You can also email me at ascully.com. Don't email SidTalk. And uh, I want to say thanks to Blue Microphones for sending us this microphone. Um, hopefully it sounds better. Um, I can't imagine it not, because it did to us when we were listening back to the... Um, test we did and uh stay classy mr john wick and uh i'll tell you i'll guarantee you now john wick 3 will have john wick shooting some people <laughs> you reckon yes and i'm gonna say think for yourself or someone will do it for you <laughs> <laughs>